Well, we've had uh, we've had a great uh, great morning of of music so far, and so uh, I listen. I, I love having um, I love having words up here that I don't recognize. Okay, that's a lot of fun for me um, to hear the hear those songs sung in a different different language, and that's a reminder. I want you to go ahead uh, right now. And in a, a year in advance, okay, I'm giving you a year's notice. How much more notice do you need? October the 6th of next year, we're going to have an international day of worship here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Um, and I've, I've already got a special speaker lined up. He's going to be here. Um, and we're going to have folks from all different kinds of nationalities to come in here. And we're going to have a great day of worship that day. And so we're going to hear a lot more music and reading and those kinds of things in, uh, in a language that maybe is not native to each one of us. And so uh, it's going to be a great day, October the 6th, 2019. All right, go ahead and write that down. It's going to be a fun, great day of worship for us. And then, of course, having the, you know, having the strings up here, um, I, I just want you guys to know that y'all are so good that I might join y'all next time y'all are up here, okay? And I'll, I'll bring my string instrument, whatever that might be. And, uh, but no, it's uh, been, been a great day so far. And if you're a guest here with us, I uh, just want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. Thank you to the Hispanic congregation for being in here. I'm glad to have y'all in here. Yep, that's been, been good. And I think I speak for everybody. We're very, very excited about, uh, about what's going to be happening at the end, uh, end, of our, end of our service today as we celebrate with baptism. Got, uh, got one special welcome I want to uh, just, I'm the pastor and this is, this, is, this is the time that I've been given so I can pretty much do what I want to up here, right? Okay, so I've got a special welcome that I want to make. I've got some friends from, uh, from up in middle Georgia and they are, uh, they're here. They're, uh, they were uh, under me in the last, in my last uh, pastorate and why they follow me down here, I do not know, but I'm glad they're here. Um, got the, uh, got the hooks and the beaches right back here. And, uh, there, there's some awesome friends and glad to have them here with us. I'm just glad. Yeah. If, if you knew them, you wouldn't be clapping. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm listen. I'm just glad that the two guys didn't come in here in jean shorts and a tank top shirt along with their, uh, with a, uh, a mullet wig and Bubba teeth. That was what I was afraid, how I was afraid they were going to come to church. But, uh, but anyway, glad that they're here. You'd be sure and make them feel welcome. Well, we're going to be ending our service today with, uh, with a special ordinance of baptism. And uh, Nestor's going to be performing that, and he ought to because he is, in essence, he is their pastor. And so we're very excited about that. And it really fits right in line with what I want to talk to you about this morning. I hope that you already have your outline. It was there in your bulletin. I want to encourage you to bring that growth guide out, and maybe if you have your notebook with us. If you don't have your notebook, got some up here, some extras, and you're welcome to come and take that as you will. But, uh, but pull out that outline because as we continue in our study, in our series of bodybuilding, as we want to build up the body of Christ, I want to talk to you this morning about the issue of baptism and the title of the message is Body of Water. We are a people who baptize. And maybe today, at the end of the service, maybe this is going to be something that is different for you. I don't know what your involvement or what your history in church is, but, uh, but I want to talk to you about, about this issue of baptism and why it is that we do what we do. Why is it that we do it the way that we do it? What is it, what is so special about this subject of baptism? Understand that our name, the name Baptist, the name of our denomination and how we identify ourselves is, is closely related to how we felt historically about baptism. Now today's message is going to be a little bit different. 
Normally I've, I find one verse or a, a, a one passage of scripture, camp out there, and let's talk about it for a little while. Today, we're going to be jumping around to different scriptures, and that's kind of why a lot of those are in your outline, or else they're going to be up on, uh, on PowerPoint behind me, and you can write those things down. Also, something else that's going to be a little bit different. One of the things, and really, if, if, if I was in a seminary class right now, I'll just tell you right now, in advance, I would fail this class. I would fail this message because normally a message should be like shooting a rifle. You've got, uh, you got a point that you want to drive home, a point that you want to make, and you shoot something that's going to hit that point. Well, today I'm shooting a shotgun We're just because we're, we're going to cover a wide range of subjects because I want us to have a biblical, well-rounded understanding of this thing called baptism. And it will be meaningful, meaningful, hopefully for everyone, but specifically for some of you in here that might have questions about this thing called baptism. So take out your growth guide, take out your Bible, even though we're going to be going kind of fast through that, and, uh, and let's get ready to take a few notes. There are seven things in particular that I want us to talk about when it comes to a body of water, this thing called baptism, so that we can begin to think biblically about baptism. The very first thing I want us to talk about is the model for baptism. The model. Who is our example for baptism? And his name is Jesus. Jesus is our model for baptism. Somebody says, well, why is it, why is it a big deal? Why does it matter? Well, the very first thing is, is that Jesus himself did it. Mark chapter 1 and verse 9 there in your outline. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. This was such a big deal. This made such an impression upon the writers of Scripture that this is included in all three synoptic Gospels, the, the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and it's alluded to in John's Gospel. So all four Gospels are going to talk about the baptism, in some form or fashion, of Jesus Christ. Now, just for comparison's sake, just so we'll kind of get a, a reference point for that, only two, and by the way, you'll want to know this, okay, you'll want to know this in about three months' time, trust me, write it down and memorize it, only two of the gospel writers, only two of them talk about Christmas, only two of them talk about the, the, the birth of Jesus Christ, but all of them want to talk about the baptism of Jesus. It was a monumental event that their leader, their master, chose to be baptized. His example became our model, and it became the norm. It became the normal way that his followers would also act. What was true of Jesus was also true of every New Testament follower of his also. All of the followers of Jesus, everyone who called upon the name of Jesus chose to be baptized as well. It, it, look at Acts chapter 8 verse 12. But when they, when they believed what Philip was saying about God's kingdom and about the name of Jesus Christ, they were all baptized. We could have looked at several scriptures. Acts chapter 2, 3,000 believers chose to follow Jesus in baptism. Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian eunuch, and we'll talk about him a little bit later in this message. He was baptized. Acts chapter 9, the apostle Paul was baptized. Acts chapter 18, Cornelius and many of those in Corinth were baptized. Time after time, those who called upon the name of Jesus followed Jesus 
in baptism. There's only, there, there's only one record of anyone who followed Jesus in the Bible, only one record of anybody who chose to follow Jesus, to put their trust in Jesus, and yet was not baptized, the thief on the cross. And he was a little bit indisposed and was not able to follow through in baptism. Other than that, everyone, everyone who said, I believe in Jesus, I'm going to follow him, they also followed his example of being baptized. So our model is Jesus, and it will follow through with all of his followers in the New Testament. The second thing that I want us to look at is the mandate for baptism. Matthew chapter 28. It's our great commission as we know it. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then again in Acts chapter 2 when, when, when Pentecost broke out and, and people were seeing the manifestation of God in this world as, as performed specifically through his disciples and people were amazed at what was going on. They said, what, what is going on? And so Peter stood up and he, he gave his great message. And in the midst of that message, here's what he said. Peter said to them, each one of you must turn away from your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins will be forgiven and you will receive God's gift, the Holy Spirit. You see, we have been commanded to be baptized. If we want to be a follower of his, he simply says, follow me, follow my example, and be baptized. It's very interesting to me. I've talked with people before who said, well, yes, I'm a follower, I'm a follower of his, I'm, I'm saved, I, I'm a Christian, but I have chosen to not be baptized, and they'll give some kind of reasoning. This is, this is my reason for not wanting to be baptized. Well, it's very interesting that we would call upon this person named Jesus, and we would say, I want him to be, I want, I want him to be my Savior, and I want him to be, here's the other word, my Lord. Lord meaning master, boss, the one who has, uh, who has ruling over me and my life, and yet, the very first thing he tells me to do, I am going to disobey him in that. You see, that's not how this works. When we call upon him as Savior and we call upon him as Lord, that means he has the right, he has earned the right to tell us what to do. And the first thing he tells us to do is to be baptized. I, I remember the old evangelists, they used to say, baptism is the first step of obedience. It's the first step of obedience, the very first thing that you do. You're saved, you follow that up, with baptism. So we have the model for baptism. We have the mandate for baptism. Third, we have the method of baptism. The method of baptism is immersion. The method is immersion, meaning all the way under. Now, you'll notice, well, you won't really notice right now because we have, a, we have this going down, which I thought, I just had a terrible thought this morning as I was looking up there. I thought, what if that thing will not go up? at the end of today's service. I pr pray that that thing goes up. I haven't seen whether it goes up or not. But right behind here, there's a, there's a pool that, we're, that uh, they're going to get in and they're gonna, he's going to go and he's going to put them all the way under. Okay, He's going to hold them under until they say tithe. No, I'm just kidding. They're not, he's not going to really do that. But he's going to go all the way under. Now, there are some, there are some churches, there are some denominations and they choose, when they do baptism, they choose to simply sprinkle. They get some water and they... Fling, you know, fling it on them kind of like that or they might even set them down in a chair and they might pour water over them. They do it in a different manner. Why is it that we choose to do it all the way under? By immersion. Understand that this was one of the main 
issues that, uh, that was faced several hundred years ago when Baptists earned their name Baptist. It was because of our insistence that someone go all the way under. Every hair on the head, every portion of their body be all the way under in order to be called baptized. Now, why is it that we insist on that? What is the big deal? Well, I believe that we, would, we could easily turn to Scripture and we could get the picture on this. Notice in Mark chapter 1, when it is, it is Mark's uh, version of Jesus' baptism, it says, coming up out of the water. Coming up out of the water. That word out of in the Greek, it, it, it would literally mean to come from beneath, from beneath the water. Coming up out of the water from beneath the water. I want you to, uh, I want you to think back. I, I can think of a few movies. Um, uh, you got some James Bond movies. You have a few war movies or maybe even some music videos for those of you who were into that in the day when those were a big deal. And sometimes there would be just a quick clip and there would be this, this body of water and it was really kind of still. It was calm. It might have been a pond or it might have been an ocean or something like that. But it's a, you, you just had this, this body of water and all of a sudden out of nowhere you saw this, this, the, the tip of someone's head come up and then the whole head came up and the eyes showed up and, and they just kind of ascended up out of the water. That's the picture that we have here coming up out of the water from all the way under to, uh, to above the water. That's, that's how Jesus was baptized. Now, the word baptism, we get that word from a Greek word, baptizo. Baptizo. And the word baptizo, it literally means, it, it, it literally means to, to dip or immerse under water. To immerse or dip under the water. Jesus was baptized that way. Every New Testament person who was, who was baptized was baptized that way. It was, just, it was just not any other way to even think about it. To, to do anything other than all the way under was really, you could call it something, you know, to, to sprinkle or to pour, you could call it something, but it would be something less than the baptism of the New Testament. And so it was just unheard of. So because Scripture, because Scripture was followed that model and that is how it was defined, then we insisted that is how we are going to practice baptism as well. We simply wanted to do it scripturally. But there's something else that you have to consider when it comes to this idea of sprinkling or pouring or, all the, or dipping all the way under. And that is that really immersion is the only thing that captures the essence of the meaning of baptism. And that is our next point, is the, the meaning of baptism. Because we have to understand that when we see what we're about to do, and, and, and we, one of the reasons that I specifically asked Nestor if we could do this at the end of the service was because I want to make sure that we are watching this and seeing this with wide, eyes wide open. Because there is, this is not just some ritual that we're going through. We're not just, we don't want somebody to just get wet. We're not trying to, to, to inconvenience anyone in any way. When we see baptism, there is a meaning behind what we're doing. There is a meaning behind this physical activity that we see taking place in front of us. And that meaning is expressed, first of all, in Romans chapter 6. Look at Romans 6 there in your outline. 
Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism. Underline that, underline that phrase. Through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Now, when we see baptism, here's what we're going to see. We're going to see a physical illustration. Now, you know what illustrations are. Illustrations are when you have one thing that is pointing to something else, that is, that is giving meaning to or highlighting something else. That's what baptism does. It highlights something else that has taken place. Now, the first thing is, is it highlights the, the earthly ministry of Jesus. You have the guy standing right here. He's standing there. He's in the pool of water. He's representing the life of Christ. And then you take him and you put him all the way under. That represents the death and the burial of Jesus Christ when he was buried under the ground. And then when he comes up out of the water and, and, and the, the pastor pulls him up out of the water, that is a physical illustration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Life, death, resurrection, all in one Simple act. And you can't get, listen, I, 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 don't, I'm, I'm, I promise I am not criticizing other people who do it other ways. I'm just telling you the most meaningful way because you can't get that picture when you go like this. You can't get that picture when you go like this. Nope, death, burial, resurrection. That is the life and the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ played out for us every single time we see baptism. But it's not just about that. That's not the only meaning that there is. I want you to notice another passage of Scripture. I think I have it on the, on the uh, PowerPoint behind us. Out of Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12. At least write that down. Colossians 2.12. It says, For in baptism you see how your old evil nature died with him and was buried with him, and then you came up out of death with him into a new life because you trusted the word of the mighty God who raised Christ from the dead. You know what he's saying? He's saying that baptism isn't just a picture of what Jesus did. It is, but that's not all. It is also a picture of what you are saying has happened in your own life. That here was you. This was your life. This was your old life. This was your life before Christ. But in Christ, what happened was you died to self. You died to that old you. You were buried that old person buried, gone, the old nature, gone, buried, and dead. Now you have been raised to walk in newness of life. Now your soul has been resurrected to new life, and it's played out for everybody to see in a dramatic, dramatic fashion. That is the meaning of baptism, and it is a, it is a beautiful picture. And I believe that we rob ourselves and we, we rob others when we do it in any other way. That is the meaning of baptism. And it is rich and it is, it is the most life-altering picture that we can give. That is, that is the beauty of baptism. So the, the, we have, we have the, the, the method of baptism that leads to the meaning of baptism. I also want to give you a warning. Because there are certain misconceptions about baptism. Misconceptions about baptism. And there are a few that we could talk about. But I just want to, I just want to cover one this morning for the sake of time. Baptism 
does not equal, that's what that little sign is there, does not equal salvation. Baptism does not equal salvation. Let me tell you, let me tell you why this is such a big deal to me. Because there are a lot of folks that if you go to them and you say, hey, are you saved? You ever, you ever given your life to Christ? Are, are you a Christian? Well, yeah, yeah, well, tell me. Tell me, how, how is it that you were saved? Tell me, about, tell me about your salvation. Well, I was, and here's, here's what the, oftentimes the first words will be. I was baptized on this and such a date. I was baptized by my preacher when I was 12. Well, that's great. That's awesome. Now, tell me about when you were saved. Well, I, I just did. I told you when I was baptized. No, 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 I'm not talking about when you were baptized. When were you saved? Because baptism does not equal salvation. You can be baptized a hundred times if you want to. You can be baptized every single Sunday. And by the way, in some, in some traditions and in some denominations, they'll do exactly that. If that's what you want them to do, they'll baptize you a million times over. You can be baptized every single Sunday and not be saved. Baptism does not equal salvation. There is a, uh, there is a particular denomination um, and a particular group of people who believe in what we call, if you, like, uh, if you like theological debates and you like theological terminology, here you go. Baptismal regeneration. Baptismal regeneration. In other words, you have to be baptized to be saved. Now, the Bible does not teach that. We don't teach, we don't believe, we don't follow baptismal regeneration because Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection plus nothing equals salvation, plus nothing. You can't add to the work of Jesus. You can't, Jesus didn't leave anything undone when he died, buried, and resurrected. We don't do anything to add to that. It is a misconception to think that we must do that. We do it as a sign of obedience. We do it as a sign of what has happened, not in order to make something happen. It is Jesus' work on the cross plus nothing that equals our salvation. And so if you're sitting in here today, and, or maybe you're watching online, and you're thinking, well, I'm saved because I was baptized. Not true. Not so. Those are two distinct differences. And I pray that if you have been baptized and you are trusting in that baptism, I pray that you will now consider your relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, hey, man, I, everything must be okay. I'm here to tell you it might be or it might not be because the issue is what have you done with Jesus? Not what have you done with water, not, have, not what have you done with a pastor, not what have you done with the church. The issue is what have you done with Jesus Christ? And if you have never, if there had never been a time in your life where you repented of your sins and called upon him to save you from your sin, I don't care how many times you've been baptized right here, right now, I'm telling you, you need Jesus Christ. You are lost without him, whatever you have done with water. So I, I encourage you, take stock of your relationship with Jesus Christ. And let's just look at that issue and that issue alone when it comes to your salvation. Because baptism does not equal salvation. The misconception about, about baptism. I also want us to talk about the motivation for baptism. If it's not going to save me, then why do it? What is the big deal about baptism? Well, you see there in your outline, there are two things. First of all, it is a mark of identification. A mark of identification. 
I have right here. Um, by the way, I don't, I, don't, I don't have a wedding ring because I lost it. That's terrible, isn't it? So I'm just going to use this as, as my example here. This is, this is my class ring, okay? Now, if I, if I take that ring off, um, if I take that ring off, I still graduated from this school. This is, my, this is my seminary ring when I graduated from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary back in 1996. Now, I, this, this right here, I, I'm still, even though I'm not wearing it, I'm still a graduate, I'm still an alumni or alumnus or whatever the right word is, I still graduated from that school, okay? But I wear this, it's got the name on there, I wear this because I want people to know. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of where I went. I, New Orleans was a great school. And, and I, I made some great friends, and I learned a lot, of, a lot of neat stuff there, and I worked hard, and so this, this just represents my whole time at school. And so I want to identify as a graduate of New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. So I've got a ring that shows that. Well, baptism does the same thing for you and Christ. It, 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 it alerts the world. It says, listen, this is, this is a mark of my identification. Why were you baptized? Because I was saved. Why were you baptized? Because, I want to follow, because I'm following Jesus and, and I, I'm, I'm excited to be a follower of his. I want to identify in that way. Now, I want you, if, if, you, if you got your Bibles, I want you to, or maybe your tablet, I want you to turn over to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19 gives us a really neat picture along this line. You see, baptism didn't, it didn't originate, check this out now, it did not originate with followers of Jesus. People were being baptized before Jesus' earthly ministry when he was 30, before it began. Remember, that's, that's when Jesus went to go to inaugurate his earthly ministry, he went to go be baptized along with other people. So it was really a mark of identification. And Acts chapter 19 really points that out for us. Let's look at the first five verses. It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, No, we have not heard, even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. We were identifying with John the Baptist. We were followers of his and we wanted to be identified with him and so we were baptized into John's baptism. That is what, that's what he was telling them. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him. That is in Jesus. In other words, if you, are, if, if, if you want to follow John's message, John was pointing to a greater reality who was Jesus. So what did they do in verse five? When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, if that's who he was pointing to, that's who we are going to follow. And now we will be identified with the name of Jesus Christ. It is a mark of identification. There's also another thing that I used to hear preachers say back in the day, back in the olden days. And they would say this. It is, a, it is, an, outward, it is an outward manifestation of an inward transformation. Anybody ever heard that? Anybody heard the old preacher say that? Yeah. An outward manifestation of an inward transformation. It is, it is an outward show, like we were talking about with the meaning, of something that has changed on the inside. It, it is something that you can see that I'm doing, but it represents something that you can't see that has already happened. And so I want people to know that. I want people to see that. I want to identify with Jesus, and I want people to know that my life has changed. And so, listen, I... I why, why, why would people not 
want to do this. Now, I understand. I understand there's a fear of getting in front of people. I get that. I know that that exists. That's one of the greatest fears that, that people have. I've heard all the studies. I know all that stuff. We're not asking anybody to sing solos or to pray prayers or to preach messages or any of that kind of stuff. We simply want to give you the opportunity to say, this is something that is very meaningful that happened in my life. And it means, it mean, not only what happened means a lot, but this action means a lot. And so I am willingly engaging in this thing called baptism. And if you are in here today and you have never been, and you're, you have been saved, but you have never been baptized, I want to encourage you. This is, this is, this is, this is what this is about. It is, it, it, we should be motivated for baptism to declare to the world that I am saved. And then somebody might say, well, when? when? When should I do this? What is the moment for baptism? What is the moment for baptism? When should I do this? I'm going to give you two phrases. And in English, I've got to say it this way for it to make sense. And then I'm going to talk about each of these phrases backwards, okay? Here it is. When should you be baptized? What is the moment for baptism? As soon as you can, following your conversion. As soon as you can, following your conversion. Now, let me take those backwards. First of all, following your conversion. Let me just tell you, let me tell you my story. And I've told, I've told my story in here before. Let me, let me just give a, a quick one concerning this in particular. When I was in fifth grade, I saw a lot of friends going down, and they were being, a lot of my friends, they were going down and they were being baptized, joining the church. I said, I want to do that. And so when I was in fifth grade, I went down front, talked to the preacher, and I was baptized. Only thing is, is I only did it because everybody else was doing it. Over the, over the course of the next few years, as I grew up in church, I came to realize that I needed Jesus, and through a course of events, I was saved. And for the next year, I struggled with this issue called baptism because I thought when I did it back in fifth grade, I was just, you know, taking a bath. I don't really know what you call it, but it really wasn't baptism, okay? Because baptism is supposed to say, look what happened to me. Well, in fifth grade, nothing had happened to me except for I was doing what a bunch of other guys had done. So I thought, you know what? I want to get baptized for what baptism really represents. And so the day before my 16th birthday, I, I was baptized for what baptism is supposed to mean. I was baptized after I was saved. I remember again going back to the old, man, I guess I'm dating myself. Man, I, going back to the, what the old preachers used to say, they used to say getting baptized on the right side of your conversion. Okay? So, following your conversion, and then I would say as soon as you can. As soon as you can. Why wait? Here's the great thing about Philippians, uh, Acts, chapter, Acts chapter 8, when Philip was, uh, when he went down, he was talking with, uh, with the Ethiopian eunuch, if you know that story. Uh, go through and read Acts chapter 8. And, and I'll just tell you the story because it's a long story, so I'm going to tell it to you quick, and you can go back and read it later on. Philip, he went and talked with this Ethiopian. And he led him to Jesus. The guy was reading the Bible. He didn't know what he was reading. Philip explained what he was reading. The guy ended up getting saved. And so they're kind of galloping down, you know, just slowly making their way down in this chariot, okay? Because the Ethiopian, apparently he was well off or worked for somebody who was. And they're kind of going down the road. The guy's all saved. He's all excited. There's something new going on in his life. And he looks out the window. And he says, hey, Philip, check it out. Philip says, what? He says, check out the mud puddle on the side of the road. Philip says, yep, that's a mud puddle, all right. Ethiopian says, well, what would keep me 
from hopping in there and getting baptized right now. Now, the Bible doesn't really give a whole lot of detail, but I'm pretty sure that Philip didn't say, well, that's kind of dirty. Maybe you need to wait. Let's wait till we get home and get some clean water. Didn't say that. Why don't, why don't we get home and wait until we can tell your whole family and your whole family can watch? He didn't say that. Look down, he said, there's a mud puddle here on the side of the road. What would keep me from being baptized? And the Bible says they hopped out of the chariot, they went in there in the mud puddle, and he got baptized. As soon as you can, following your conversion. Now maybe there's some of you in here and you were baptized, and then later on, you were saved. I just want to tell you, from, from personal experience, I just want to tell you, if you'll, if you'll surrender to the Lordship of Christ and you'll surrender to his mandate, it will be so much more meaningful for you if you'll come down and say, I want to be baptized following my conversion for what it really means. And for those of you who are waiting, let me just ask you, why? What, 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 what are you waiting for? What, what, I mean, you know, what, what better time is there than, than now? In fact, I probably only, only a couple times in my 25 years of ministry have I made this offer, but I'll make this offer right now, right here, right now. If you're in here today and you're saved and you haven't been baptized or you want to be baptized for what baptism really means, the water's already ready. What would keep us from doing it today? Like now, in just a few minutes. I'll go up there. I'll, I'll get wet if you will. Actually, I got waiters. I'm not going to lie to you. But anyway, you, you, I, I, what, what, would, what would prevent us from doing it today? Now. Let's just do it. I'm just saying just surrender. Surrender. Now, we, we've, had a, we've had a biblical look at what, at what baptism is all about. And so, I, again, I want, I want to tell you if you, have, if you have never been saved, maybe you've been baptized, but maybe you've never been saved, we want to offer you the opportunity to be saved to come down and surrender and give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've done that, but maybe you haven't been scripturally baptized, baptized according to what we have learned from Scripture today. I'm going to be standing down front, and if you want to be saved, come down and talk. let's talk about that. But maybe you want to come down and talk about baptism, then come down and let's talk about that too. Um, our, our invitation isn't going to last long because we're going, to, we're going to practice what we're preaching. Okay, We're about to have it. And so don't, don't delay. As soon as the music starts, after I pray, as soon as the music starts, come down, take my hand, and let's talk. Let's deal with this issue, whatever issue it is that you're facing. Maybe you just want to come down uh, for, for church membership. Maybe you want to come pray, pray here at the altar uh, for our church or for somebody that you know that's dealing with any of these issues. You do as God would lead during this invitation time. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for allowing us to even identify with you, to even make that possible. Um, and, and so, Lord, I pray that we would be, uh, hold this in high regard to the same standard that you held it to and that we would follow you and your lordship and that you would have your way in our lives. And Lord, if there's anyone who's, uh, who's gotten any of this out of whack, maybe they've tried to substitute baptism for salvation or maybe their baptism was on the wrong side of their salvation or maybe even they're just, they've been holding out for some reason. Uh, help us to surrender to your leadership in this area of our lives. So have your own way now in our invitation time and may you be honored uh, both now and in a few moments when we get to see it happening right in front of us. And we look forward to how you're going to work. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us stand and sing, and you come as the Lord.